Heinz Field. And I'm looking forward to seeing a coach. Yeah, coach. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into hockey and or baseball, I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this. The Steelers will take to the grass for the practice portion of minicamp at 1 o'clock. And yes, I did say Heinz Field. That's where it'll be, not at the usual location on the south side. The Steelers kind of developed an affinity for their Sunday home through the quarantined training camp last summer, and they wanted to make sure that they utilized the place again this year. So they'll be over there. They'll be spread out. Uh, there'll be a ton of them. There'll be a ton of them. But it'll be everyone. And that's the biggest difference between minicamp and OTAs. In addition to the fact that minicamp's more regimented, it moves faster, there's a lot more barking because it's not voluntary, and you don't do a lot of barking at voluntary sessions because the players don't even have to be there, so you have to be kind of nice. This is different. This is different. It's got a different vibe to it. And yes, of course, there are players that I'm excited to see. Najee Harris leaps to the top of that list. Uh, anything that he can show in a setting like this, and it's limited. You know, this isn't going to be guys pounding each other and seeing how he handles holes and linebackers drilling him and picking up blitzes and all that other stuff. That won't happen until Latrobe. But you'll be able to see those lightning quick feet. You'll be able to see his vision, and you'll be able to see more than anything with him catching the ball out of the backfield. Lots and lots and lots of passing in a setting like this. But the star, to me, the unquestioned star of this minicamp before it even gets going, is Matt Canada. I mean, how could it be anyone else? This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg, Garbett, Kelly, and George, LGKG. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who need assistance with workers' comp, who filed medical malpractice claims. Learn more about LGKG at, not coincidentally, lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. Look, the NFL and the Professional Football Writers Association reach agreement on how practices can be covered. We want access. They want to keep all their secrets. So the way it works out is that we go, we watch. You know, if somebody gets into some big old fight or tussle or something like that, we find a way to report it. The rules are that if you can get it confirmed by somebody on the record, even though you saw it yourself, you can report it. So stuff happens at these things, and we find a way to report it without breaking the rules. So it's no picnic trying to relay to you the stuff that we see because you're not always going to get somebody to confirm that, hey, wow, did you run that uh, sneaky 
tight end handoff up the middle today. And the player's going to go, what? <laughs> so you're not going to get much of anything. Plus, it's really clear why you're asking, and it just looks bad. Still, information is information. And if we have it, it's useful for the future, short-term and long-term. When we see plays being utilized in minicamp or even OTAs, and there was one that I saw last week that blew my mind. We can have a frame of reference for, let's say, when they whip it out for the Buffalo game, you know, and they run it and you say, oh, geez, there it was. That's that thing from way back in May. And you can find a way to report to your readers, hey, this isn't this isn't something they drew up in the sand. They've been working on this for a while. So there's there's different usages for the information and again not least of which is that we can ask about it and find a way to confirm it so don't prepare yourself for some overload of x's and o's and so forth out of the next three days but me i want to see what this offense looks like who's going to be utilized, how they're going to be utilized. And, yes, I'm going to ask questions. Uh, so will Dale Lawley and Chris Carter, who will be there with me. But let's not pretend that there's any bigger issue for the Steelers at this point, at this stage of the offseason, than assimilating into the Canada environment. They have to become not knowledgeable about the playbook or, in the case of the veterans, the changes to the playbook. They've got to feel it. You know, they've got to believe in it. They've got to go with 110% buy-in on it. My own feeling is that we're going to see a lot of running, a lot of downfield passing, but we're also going to see an emphasis from the offensive linemen in particular on their blocking schemes as it relates to the short passing game. Because let's not forget that that also got blown up in 2020. We can talk all we want about, oh, they need to throw the ball downfield and you know they need to get Najee Harris... Uh, super involved and and everything else here, but this team got to eleven and zero last year in part, at least to eight and zero or nine and zero. I should probably amend. In part because the offense was so effective with that short passing game, and you still need to fix that. Part of fixing it, yes, is spreading the defense out, keeping them honest. You can do that by hitting Chase Claypool, uh, by hitting Deontay Johnson a little further down the field. You can do it by having a running game in more than name only, by actually creating some holes. But you're still going to have to be able to do all that other stuff, the bubble screens, the whole deal, 
it's going to look a little different because of the constant motion of the Canada offense. There's going to be a whole lot of left-right, a lot of pre-snap. It's almost going to look comical to you at times. I can guarantee that. But all of that has to be in place. And now is the time to do that. Now is the time to work out those kinks. Now is the time for the coaches to stop a play or stop a drill and say, whoa, 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 not that, not that. Don't ever do that. Because they won't have 2020 film on which to base a similar mistake because they wouldn't have run the same play. They wouldn't have run the same route. They wouldn't have blocked the guy the same way. And all of that goes double, triple even for Ben Roethlisberger, who acknowledged last week that even some of the terminology is different. So all of his years of experience, this is his 18th, of course, are actually going to work against him in some ways because he's going to be using uh, terms that have never come out of his mouth before. He's going to be using cadence he's never used before. He's going to be having bodies move around him like he's never had before, which kind of reminds me of that play that I'm not allowed to talk about from OTAs last week. But no, I'm not talking about it. There's a lot that's going on. You're going to want to know, and this is just human nature, and I respect this, who looked good, uh, who made big plays, who did that and whatever else here. And you know what? The Steelers put out their own video, and you're going to see a highlight of this or that, or some dude made a great catch, or Najee Harris looked especially quick in this drill, or hey, how about how healthy Devin Bush and or Zach Banner look in their recoveries, that kind of stuff. People want to see visuals. It's instant stuff. But the biggest thing by far about this minicamp will be how quickly and how thoroughly this offense becomes what Canada wants it to be. Because even if Canada isn't as great as the Steelers are hoping that he is, even if he isn't the genius and the wizard that a lot of people around football have cast him to be, what he wants still has to happen on the football field. Or we'll never actually know. When we come back, just one question. Today from JG, who asks, when do you expect the TJ Watt deal to get done? This, of course, surrounds the idea that it's a no-brainer to re-sign the league's leading pass rusher. Boy, I think of TJ as so much more than a pass rusher, but that's that's parenthetical to what you're asking. I very much expect the Watt extension to be done this summer. When the Steelers drop a hint, uh, as they have, beginning with Art Rooney and continuing with Kevin Colbert, that they're going to look to get TJ done. I don't remember the last time they said something like that 
and didn't do it. Uh, this is the year you're going to see some accommodations made for the fact that the Steelers are so much against the cap this year and yet have so much cap space next year. So it could be one of those contracts where uh, even the portions of it that are usually front-loaded get very back-loaded or at least get delayed to next year. But as you say yourself, there's no, you know, there's no doubt, no debate, no discussion to be had here. Uh, they will get TJ done. And then from there, the next challenge comes in getting Minka Fitzpatrick done. Now, Minka had his fifth-year option exercised. Next year is when you're going to be looking at his deal. But both of these are going to be contracts that consume together a big portion of the salary cap. And it's from here that I think you're going to start seeing the Steelers, whether that's Colbert at the helm or not, because now we're getting into you know stuff that's a couple of years out, and he's been year to year, it seems, for a while now. You're going to need to start being wary of committing too much money to one side of the football. We don't know what's going to happen with the quarterback situation. If Ben comes back, it probably won't be for more money than he's making this year at 15. But you need to keep things free. Uh, if you're going into 2022 with Mason Rudolph as your starting quarterback, for example, he's going to get four, but he's going to end up getting a ton more after that if he does well and shows himself to be an NFL starter. Or, and I think this is actually more likely, Mason would go into the year as your starting quarterback, but with significant support, like a real live NFL 1A type waiting in the wings. And with that player being older and more experienced, theoretically, they also would be higher paid, theoretically. So you got to leave room in the budget for quarterback no matter what happens with Ben. These are the kinds of things you need to be thinking about in the longer term, too. Defense is... The Steelers have put almost all of their eggs in the defensive basket for such a long time, and that includes and starts with draft picks. But they've also taken up a big, big portion of the cap, and here they're going to do it again. Believe me, I'm not coming close to criticizing deciding T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick. That would be insane. I'm just saying that they need to be mindful after those two are wrapped up with how much more of their money they'll commit to the long term on the defensive side. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers, and I really appreciate the opportunity to get over there and cover minicamp. We'll be talking about that on tomorrow's show.